Welcome, 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 geeks and nerds, girls and boys, to a brand new episode of geek to me Radio. Tonight, we have writer D.G. Chichester back on the show with us again. We're going to be talking about his new Daredevil Black Armor series that's out in stores now. Number two is going to hit the stand soon. We'll talk to him about his Axel's Infernal Kickstarter and more. Stand by. We're talking TV, comics and movies, and video games. Star Trek from Star Wars will try to explain The Atomachers from Robert Houses will ring rolls and laws To be the greatest Pokemon Master You must catch them all You must catch them all Driving around the greater St. Louis area tonight, listening to us on the Big 550 KTRS. Hello to all of you. Thank you very much for tuning in. If you're streaming us out there in the world on the KTRS app or on the website, we appreciate you listening there. If you're watching this right now on YouTube or Facebook, hello to all of you. Thank you very much for watching with the video. And as always... If you're hearing us after the fact in the podcast form on whatever platform you get your podcast on, we do appreciate you finding us there. Hopefully you subscribe by now, especially if you're watching on YouTube. Hit that little subscribe button and then click the little bell notification. That way you'll get notified every time we go live with video here in studio with one of my fantastic guests. We're closing out the year with some great comic book talent. I'm so excited about it. We've got interviews coming up with Fabian Nicieza. We've got other people coming on here. We've got a interview that I had not yet aired with Roy Thomas, Stan Lee's protege, talking all about him bringing Star Wars into Marvel Comics, a lot of the state of current comics now. He's a guru, and it's an amazing conversation. I can't wait for you to hear that. We will not be live Sunday, Christmas Eve, or Sunday, New Year's Eve, so we're going to have pre-recorded shows, but they are new shows. I'm not going to leave you with the best of, like some of the hosts at this radio station do, not naming names. But we'll have a brand new show for all of you on Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve for you all to enjoy. And uh, hopefully you've already heard my interviews with Jerry Ordway and Mike Carlin the last two weeks. Right now, we're going to keep it going. Comic book strong. We've got one of my favorites D.G. Chichester on with us talking about his brand new Daredevil Black Armor series. You probably saw my picture on Instagram when I bought literally every variant that was out there, Dan. It was uh, it was amazing. <laughs> I saw that. I think you I think you pushed us over the edge. Good, good, good. Um, I, I got to ask. So this is obviously I loved your run on Daredevil because it's one of the first things I talked to you about last time I had or the very first time I should say I had you on my radio show. Yes. And thank you. You were very generous. We spent almost two hours talking about terror Inc and all the stuff you've done with Marvel and your other projects and comic books. Now you're coming back here. I'm bad with math. 25 years later after that run ended and you're revisiting it. Yeah. 25. It may be even a little bit longer, um, but 25 sounds like plenty of time. That's longer than I would have. Yes. Imagined. Yes. So yes. Long, long, long time. The trick I've decided is to wait that length of time between issues. You know, then you get you get a you get a good response. You know, right. it's, it's 
So Daredevil Black Armor number two will be available in the year 2046. Make sure you pick it up. Yes, exactly. <laughs> We're just really stretching this out. So people get your CGCs uh, lined up now. Uh, no, fortunately, number two will be out uh, December 20th. Just in time for Christmas, a perfect stocking stuffer, as I like to say. Exactly. Although I, I would get so mad if because my mom used to get me comic books and sometimes she'd roll them up. I'm like, oh, I'm stocking like that. But, look at this. So look, it was, look, it was, look, James. It was Don't only one time. Yes. But no, my, my mother is great. And she always she would actually go out of her way to go to some of my favorite comic book stores when I was really little and buy me comics and get them in the bags and backboard. She was always wonderful and very supportive. But uh, a little bit about going back and reaching and did you have to reread yeah any of the stuff you'd done previously to kind of refresh yourself or was it still, you got a mind like a steel trap. It was probably brand like the day you I, wrote it. It, it, it. I did go back and, and read a lot of it just to refamiliarize myself, I guess. And, and it was more wanting to put myself in the zone, if you will, you, you know, and, and I read a lot of the surrounding stuff too. I read Chip Zdarsky stuff, which I've been reading anyway, before any of this came up. You know, people had recommended to me, um, hey, this is a really great run that's going on now. You should really check it out because I hadn't checked out every single thing that had come out. So this was a good you know, excuse earlier on. And I had just said, this is really great Daredevil work. Um, uh, you know, now and again, I checked out Mark Mark Wade's work, uh, which I liked a lot. Um, you know, some other runs um, people hadn't been so hot on, so I didn't really go looking for them. Mm. But uh, I felt as I was re-entering this it was important to put myself um, back in the zone a little bit, uh, both in, in looking at my own work and some other folks. Um, not to say, geez, I don't know what's going on with Daredevil, but simply to, to make sure I felt comfortable with the zone. And I did. It just it just felt like, yeah, I understand this. I understand this world. Um, I'm not uh, scared of it. I'm not challenged of it. I'm not feeling like, oh, my gosh, I can't do this, which I guess were all sort of things that could have been floating out there. Um uh, and I got one big laugh out of one issue that was sort of in the surrounding zone around my run because they sent me a lot of my stuff. Uh, Devin and Tom, the the editors, the editor and the associate editor were good enough to package up a lot of PDFs, most of which I had. I mean, I had my own stuff, yeah. but they sent me a couple of things that were adjacent, if you will. And, and a couple of them gave me a pretty good laugh <laughs> after the fact. And we've got uh, our friend from Atlanta, Chance Bartell, said uh, he first of all wanted to point out that my blue matches the blue in your sweater. We didn't coordinate, Chance, I promise. Yes. But he yes. also and was I, very Chance, impressed. He said I would like been... to point out this is one of my ugly Christmas sweater, you know, systems. This is my alien, oh, you know, ugly Christmas sweater. So uh, very nice, you know, from uh, middle of beyond. Um, I get no uh, product placement for that uh, fun <laughs> stuff, but. But if the sponsors are listening, you wouldn't be opposed to it. Yes, <laughs> get yes, sponsor this this radio show and podcast. And Chance also says uh, that you really did your research. So that's that's uh, and it's nice that the editors are good like that to to make sure you've got everything you need. Was that you said Tom Tom Brevoort? I'm assuming. No, Tom uh, Groneman is the oh. associate editor, and Devin Lewis is the is the Daredevil gotcha. editor. So they're okay. the team, and they're the ones who I worked uh, primarily with after uh, CB Sabolsky had surprised me at Terrificon and said, hey, would you be interested in ever doing anything again? And then, uh, you know, he had quickly put me in touch with these guys and they had already been off and running and thinking about, hey, you know, not only do we want you to do something, we want you to go back to um, the, the place you were most ridiculed for changing Daredevil's <laughs> costume. <laughs> and we want you to bring that costume back because you didn't take enough abuse about it before, Dan. 
So by all means, come back around and, and do it once more. It's so odd because you and I talked about that when I first had you on my show. Yeah. That I love that costume. I love the redesign. I had the action figure, my, one of my favorite Amazing Spider-Man covers. Mark Bagley mm-hmm. did Daredevil in that outfit with Spider-Man yeah. alongside him. I think it was Amazing Spider-Man 396, 395. Love right, that right. look. And I feel like the fact that Mark Bagley did the variant cover I, or one of the covers. No, he's he's done all the main covers. So Mark Mark Bagley does all the main covers, and then we got great people obviously doing all the the variants as well. But I yeah, I thought that was a terrific thing that Mark was doing um, all of these. It was such a such a get as it were. But I guess that because they did bring this back, are yeah. you finding now that like maybe you were given you know some trouble for it before? But do you find a lot of people coming up to the convention when you you're at TerrificCon or you were just at GalaxyCon? Yeah. and saying hey, we love the costume before this series I, ever came I, out. I, I, Except for one, you know, and again, my my skin is so much thicker and I'm so much more zen these days. It really kind of rolls off my back for the most part, except for one marvelous headline, which I should get on a T-shirt, which was worst writer returns with worst costume ever. Um, You you know, uh, it's been just really overwhelmingly positive. People love the look of the costume. They love what the artists are doing with it. They love what uh, Mark's done with it. They love what Netho, who's the, the main artist on the series. They love what the variant covers, you know, look like, um, you know, it's just a, a, a great look that people seem very receptive to. And uh, and I think that, you know, we're we're it's either they they grew up on it a little bit or they have been exposed to it early on. Maybe when they were younger, this had been something that sort of like imprinted themselves on their brain or a lot of people seem like they're seeing it for the first time. I mean, there were a lot of people who came up to me at uh at GalaxyCon that I was at recently, and I had some prints and stuff up on, on this table, and uh, and they didn't really know me, they didn't know the, the the book that much, but they just saw the costume and they were like, wow, that's a really different look for Daredevil. Tell me about this, and they kind of got themselves uh, jazzed up about that. So uh, I think it is a striking look, and I think it it fits um, the vibe of what we're doing with this particular series, which is this kind of retro um, effect. If folks aren't familiar the the conceit of the series is not just that he's got this this costume which was last used back in the 90s 96 97 or whatever um or maybe even a little bit earlier but um but uh that it's actually taking place in marvel's 90s which is not literally 30 plus years ago it is like five years ago but the vibe of the whole thing um the sort of tonal look that netho has kind of created um, a little bit of the the surrounding, you know, attitude, if you will, it has that sort of feel. Um, so it it picks up its own identity really quickly, um, which um, I was really excited to to throw myself into. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was Scott McDaniel who helped co-create this armor and look and everything like that with you back in oh, the original yes. run. Is that correct? Oh yes, oh yes. Scott McDaniel and I were partners, and Scott gets all the credit in the world for um you know this look if people are enjoying this look uh scott was the was the guy who did it i contributed some thinking behind it and why we were doing it and what it was made of and some you know science fiction nonsense around that but scott had done uh, multiple uh design iterations and then we sort of narrowed it down from whatever it was the initial 1520 to the the five best of and then the five best of got down to what it is now so um and for a long time it really felt like like scott um and maybe mark bagley were kind of the only people who, who drew it properly because they kind of gave it 
flexibility. And a lot of other people looked at it, I think, in the day, and they were sort of uh, artist-adjacent uh, things, and they would look at it and say, oh, Daredevil's got armor, and they would they would almost literally put rivets and bolts on it and make it very bulky, and it just never felt appropriate. And um, so for a long time, it felt like you know only a couple people could kind of get it right, but Netho really kind of came into it very quickly with this. And while, while he's actually got a very aggressive uh, look to it, it's a very kind of, I, I would say, aggressive uh, feel to the design and the approach um, and, is a, and is more bulked up, I'd say, than Scott's. I think he also got it very quickly that it needed to be flexible. Daredevil yeah. needs to be able to move. So it has, to me at least, a very um, in-motion feel. Uh, almost every panel, even when he's sort of standing still or uh, you know, bouncing on top of engine blocks and this kind of thing, he really feels like he's kind of in motion. Uh, which came across to me as, wow, this is, we're off to the races. This just feels right. Yeah, Scott's got a great look. Cause I first, uh, I think Scott's work was, for, I first saw it when you were doing your Daredevil run. And yeah. he also did Nightwing, gorgeous work on the original Nightwing oh, yes. series that came out in the yes. 90s as well. But yep. I, Neto Diaz, what an astonishing look, because it's got a very, the overall tone of the book, just not not just your writing, but his art has a very gritty '90s New York style yeah, feel to it. The whole totally. scene in the junkyard when he's, uh, you know, he he surprises <laughs> Wilson Fisk, who's no longer the kingpin. Which I oh, that's right. right. He just got done toppling kingpin. So right, 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 brilliant style. Yeah, it was it was so much fun, and it was um it was a great surprise to me because uh, when I was writing the story initially, and the story kind of got wrote over a bit of an extended period of time. Um, and we were working out beats and page counts and, and so forth. And I had written it as a long extended plot, very detailed long extended plot, but I knew a lot of comics these days were written as full script. That's kind of the, the standard thing, you know, it's panels and pages and so forth, um, as opposed to what we did back in the day, which was write more of a plot where it would be a more open description then the artist would interpret that. Um, well, uh, just out of the blue, after I had done that la this last uh, sort of revision of plot points and, and page counts, thinking I'm going to go to this full script, out of the blue, uh, they Netho's pages just start appearing. So they just sent him the plot, and um, and and so we totally did this old school style. <laughs> wow, nice. <laughs> you know, and it was uh, so so right away. Suddenly, I'm seeing this guy's artwork. And I didn't know who they were going to assign it to. So it was a double surprise, both that the pages started showing up and then this was the artist on it. And then right away, uh, my reaction was um, you'd have to bleep out my reaction. But it was a very positive. <laughs> Thank you for that. Thank you. Um, you know, it was uh, it was just just, you know, it's just blown away. And I said, we're, we're on the right track and it's only gotten uh, better and more exciting uh, from there. Yeah, I appreciate it. Some, some of my guests forget I'm bound by FCC rules here, so I appreciate you. Yes. <laughs> uh, again, if you're just now tuning in, we're talking with writer Dan Chichester about Daredevil Black Armor. Uh, issue one is already out, so if you haven't gotten mm -hmm. it, Tell your local comic book store that you want it because I know my guy sold through a lot of his copies pretty quickly. Uh, so if That's you're wanting, what it, I like to hear. Yes, but again, I think it's very exciting because I feel like uh, there were Marvel has been dipping its toe back in the retro. We just had Peter David did a great new Fantastic Four run where it was Hulk, yep. Spider-Man, Ghost Rider, and Wolverine. Uh, but they're the Mark Wade with his DC Comics World's Finest is kind of like an 80s version of World's Finest again with Batman and Robin sure. and a young Dick Grayson is still, you know, 
Robin at that point. He's got Superman and Kara is Supergirl. So this this nostalgia is a potent drug. Yeah. I mean, Howard Mackey just did a, a Ghost Rider series. Right. I believe Tom DeFalco just did a, a Secret Wars series that might be running concurrently with this uh, in one way or, or another. So, um, you know, nostalgia is a powerful drug if you don't, I guess, get lost in it too much. I, I, I feel I could only do better than what I did then. So <laughs> there wasn't uh, there wasn't much chance of me trying to recreate what I had done so much mm. as hopefully uh, uh, better it. Build upon it rather than recreate. Yes, build yeah. upon it. Let's put it that way. We are talking for the rest of the hour with uh, Dan Chichester. If you'd like to send us a text, if you have a question, you can text us at 84126 on the KTRS text lines. I will try to monitor those better. Uh, if you're texting, just put your name and where you're calling from. Like this is Bob from Chesterfield or this is Maggie from you know Dexter, Illinois or wherever you're texting from. And that way you can just put your question and we'll read your question and give you a shout out on the air. Uh, you can also, if you're in the Facebook or YouTube, you can put your comment right there and I'll try to keep an eye on that as well. We're going to take a very brief commercial break. We're going to come right back in just one moment. We'll be chatting more Daredevil Black Armor. Plus, we'll get an update on Axel's Infernal. You're listening to Geek to Me Radio on the Big 515 KTRS. Please stand by. Hey, hi, listeners. This is Greg Berger. Meet Grimlock, Dinobot leader from Transformers. And guess what? You're listening to Geek to Me Radio. Transformers. Yes, big shout out to Greg Berger. It is his birthday today. So, Greg, if you're listening, happy birthday. I'll look forward to seeing you at Transformers Con in L.A. in March uh, for the 40th anniversary of the original Transformers series. It's hard to believe it's already been 40 years. So happy birthday, Greg Berger, and many, many more to come. Want to make sure we tell you about our premier sponsor with the people without whom this show would not be possible. That, of course, is the Greater St. Charles Convention and Visitors Bureau. The website, of course, is discoverstcharles.com. If you are looking to go check out something new, maybe you want to, you know, you've got some vacation time coming up at the end of the year. You want to go explore someplace you've not been before. I would suggest St. Charles, Missouri. The historic area is amazing, especially at Christmas time. Where else can you walk through a Dickensian storybook tale, interact with Ebenezer Scrooge, Tiny Tim, buy chestnuts roasting over an open fire, get some hot wassail from the eight maids of Milken? I'm not even kidding. That's literally what you can do. All while talking to Father Christmas, being sung Victorian carols by people in period costume, visit Santa Claus, interact with Jack Frost, and so much more in this picturesque 10-block area. It's the old historic buildings, the cobblestone, line the street and of course they have special events on wednesday nights they have their dickensian stroll where you literally walk through the story of a christmas carol they have a young ebenezer scrooge proposing to bell they've got mr and mrs cratchit running around they've got a victorian toy maker trying to show you his wares and of course at the end of it all you have a redeemed scrooge standing there you'll interact with the three ghosts of christmas it's a fantastic time on wednesday nights it's just glorious jacob marley's out there rattling his chains and then on friday nights and this is what dan likes friday nights we have krampus knocked every friday night you can literally go get your picture taken with krampus as you interact with the kali Konsroy, the yule lads and all sorts of cool stuff from the whole krampus myth frau percia is there with her giant scissors waiting to cut open the insides of naughty children and, and fill their insides <laughs> with stones for their bad um in a very 
fun tongue-in-cheek carnival kind of game way that we played it. It's a lot of fun. This is their 49th season. They've been doing this Christmas tradition thing for 49 years. Next year, they've got a lot of stuff planned for the 50th. So come check out the fun now because next year is going to be bonkers. Whether you're out of town like my friend Dan or you're here locally like Joey V sitting right across from me, you can go to the website discoverstcharles.com to plan your trip. Bed and breakfasts, they've got hotels with five-star accommodations, camping sites, RV parks, whatever you're looking to do, they can hook you up. And the food up and down Main Street's amazing. It's all made up of small businesses, a great place to visit, and there's always a new shop or a new restaurant opening up, so it's always something new to explore. Check them out. Again, the website discoverstcharles.com. As I always say, it's an historically good time. So, Dan, when are you coming to visit Krampus? I tell you, it is. I knew you were going to set me up again and just make me <laughs> jealous for the holidays. I was all Zen, and now I'm just feeling uh, like FOMO beyond. Are you? So thank are you, you for that? Are you German Austrian roots? Do you have that Krampus like that love of it built into your blood, or is it I, my 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 uh, my paternal grandmother was German uh, or had some German background? But I just like the idea of a big parade of demonic, you know, characters, <laughs> you know, as a counterpoint to the jolly Saint Nick, yeah, you know, idea. So that that probably probably resonates more with me than anything anything it's a holiday where you can put children in a bag and beat them with reeds that sounds exactly like, you know, exactly we'd it's have good. fewer naughty children take away the tiktoks yes. and bring back the naughty naughty sticks while i'll do that <laughs> <laughs> but enough about holidays enough about the holidays we're talking with writer dg chichester about his new series daredevil black armor and if you again if you have a question uh it's 84126 on the ktrs text lines or you can Send us a chat like our friend Lewis just yep. did. Lewis just said, what up, James? What up, Lewis? Good to see you. He runs a great uh, YouTube channel called Comic Book Nostalgia. And if you're a fan of comic books, you should go check out his YouTube channel. He does some great work, a lot of cool updates and things like that there as well for those of you in the comic book world. Um, the, coming back on this thing, it's yeah. cool because I love Terrific Con because like you just said, C.B. Sabolsky just walks up and says, hey, would you like to do this? And there's all those comic book people. Like, it's just so cool. I was fortunate enough to get that photo shot with me and somehow <laughs> me, Paul Kupperberg, and every single other Marvel writer artist from the past that 20 was, years. That wasn't that was a, a murderous row picture. That sure was. Yeah. So was there something else that like if they are, have they already talked to you about maybe doing an extended run on this or have they talked to you about maybe pitching other projects? Have you talked to them about pitching no, some stuff? No, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm taking this, um, uh, I'm taking this as kind of like a gift in a singular moment. You know, we, we just, uh, Netho just, uh, last week, you know, finished up his pencils on the last issue and the fourth issue. I just literally on Wednesday, uh, turned in, uh, the script on, on it. Uh, so, uh, JP Mayer is, uh, is finishing up the inks. Um, you know, so we're kind of, and that comes out, out Valentine's Day, uh, appropriately enough, isn't that? Like fall in <laughs> love with with the '90s all over again, which right. also my mom's birthday. So, oh, um, nice. So, you know, we'll drag her back into the comic book store and uh, and see if we can get her to to buy another issue. I did like that um, picture. That was a great picture. Yes, <laughs> she grabbed the silver one out of my hands. Uh, the uh, you know, so I'm just really uh, treating it like what I think it is, which is just as I said, kind of a bit of a of a of a gift and a christmas miracle you know all wrapped up in in one uh i was saying to um uh actually kuljit mithra who runs the man without fear you know site and we were talking and uh and it, it just um you know my exit from the title was very inelegant uh, and and uh, to, to put it mildly and this just feels like 
it's been a nice invitation back. It's been a literal invitation back, and it's been an invitation to a version of the character and a point in time that um, you know that hasn't been touched since 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 I left. Right. Uh, for whatever reason, you know, and, and no real good reason. I mean, it's their IP, it's their property, it's their costume. But for for whatever reason, they sort of left it on the shelf for all this time. So to kind of come back and be, you know, given the assignment of of, yeah, go do something with this, make something more of it than maybe there had been before um, was uh, was a really gracious um, uh, opportunity. So, yeah, I'm just enjoying that and enjoying trying to kind of uh, turn that into as good as I possibly can with the with the skills I have now uh, while assiduously avoiding the. Uh, you know, the, the traps of my old self, <laughs> which every now and again, we try to kind of sneak in and say, no, you need to write more. You need to over index on a bunch of captions. No, I don't No, I'm leaving that all over here and right. just kind of letting the flow of it uh, go. And, and meanwhile, you know, still discovering that when you approach it that way, the story becomes a bit more than you expect. And which is, which is great wrapping it up. I, I found that it became uh, a little bit more than I had even anticipated it would be, mm-hmm. and hopefully people are going to are going to enjoy that fact. It's just going to feel like it's its own thing. If if having done that and we wrap it and I do the final proofread, you know, there's an opportunity to say, hey, listen, is there something else? You know, we could team up on. Um, you, you know, certainly I'll, I'll I'll try to have that conversation, but or maybe they approach me. But right now, I'm just focused on what's in front of me, which right. is finishing this up. Yeah. And we have uh, Michael Duncan says hello. Hello, Michael Duncan. Appreciate you listening as well. Um, This is one of those I was kind of wondering since it's a 90s thing. Uh, you know, you've got Sabretooth popping up. The big reveal at the end is that Baron Von Strucker is the one pulling the strings on this and everything like that. Yep. Are we going to get some more surprise cameos from some people who might have been around in the 90s? Terror Inc. maybe or anything like that? No, no. You know, I that's a good that's a that, that's actually um, what I meant about discipline. Uh, <laughs> there was probably about a, a, a 15 second or maybe even 15 minute you know, consideration of like, you know, Hey, geez, I'd love to get some of my old favorites in here, but they don't serve the story. Mm. And, and that would have just been really forcing it. And, and, um, and I think would have been distracting to the cause. Uh, so there are some other villain-esque objects that sort of show up and there might even be some, you know, villain adjacent, uh, characters of things that I had done at that point in time. But they feel like they serve the story. You know, okay. they, they sort of they they feel they they serve the flow. There's a couple of, I think, surprises that kind of came out of suggestions that um, the editorial office had made. They sort of said, hey, take a swing, do some stuff you hadn't done before. Play with some characters Good. you haven't played with before, uh, which introduced, um, you know, some some different opportunities uh, that I probably wouldn't have thought of if they hadn't kind of opened the door to that. So but everything ultimately, I think, feels like it serves the story and the story just keeps getting wilder and wilder, which I think befits um, that era and that sort of feeling and that sort of feeling of this costume, which was originally created when Daredevil was going through um, some very severe adventures. So he created this thing to kind of put himself uh, in a, in a survivable place up against some very big threats. So I think by continuing to turn the dial up in that way, it creates the right situation for for telling a, if you will, black armor uh, sort of tale. 
And with this, you've got uh, the collaboration we mentioned originally working with Scott. Now you're working with Netho on this one. Um, Talk a little bit about the collaboration, because obviously you've got the script. And I know they had that uh, thing on Disney Plus about the Marvel method, about how they do the collaboration with the writers and the artists and everything like that. But then you alluded earlier, you're kind of doing it a little more old school. So talk a little bit for people who might be wondering about the process, you writing, and then you're seeing the pages come through and how it's going. Like, are there changes made based on your story that you're like, well, can we change this? Or is it just kind of the editor is the one kind of making sure everything matches up writer and artist wise. How's the, how's the process work? Um, I think the Marvel method you're alluding to is probably what I was thinking of as, as like the old school approach to things, you know, where, where I'm writing a plot. So the plot would say page, you know, um, seven through uh, 10, and then I'll describe a bunch of incidents and I tend to be fairly detailed and I'll each paragraph. I almost write whether that paragraph is two lines or four lines or whatever is in my mind at least a panel i try Mm -hmm. to think fairly visually and i try not to overpack it too much um uh but then it is up to the artist to interpret it and i try to keep it in my mind again pretty consistent i'm thinking maybe six panels here maybe seven panels if i push it but it's still open right in that seven page seven to ten sort of way so then netho is turned out to be not only extraordinarily dynamic visual artist which he is but he also turned out to be a very great, uh, I think, storyteller hmm. and uh, and is a great storyteller. So he in a lot he he took charge of it from there. And some cases he made what I had thought in my mind was going to be a six um, uh, panel page or a, a, uh, he'll turn it into a splash or he'll turn it into 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 nine panels. You know, he'll push it, you know, in the other way because he wants to break out those beats in a different way. So then it opens it up. Uh, differently than I thought. And then it's coming back to me and why I like that approach more than the full script method is it, it surprises me. And while I put a lot of dialogue in those plots and I'll put a lot of monologues and, you know, what people are thinking or uh, literal pieces of dialogue that I think somebody's going to say when it comes back in that way, very often it surprises me and it, it, um, it instigates and inspires something new like new dialogue that I hadn't thought of before at all. And, and that's created some of the best moments uh, in the book uh, where I had not had that in mind exactly before. Uh, and it, and it really has kind of enriched, I think the storytelling uh, because of that back and forth in that way. And, and then sometimes if there's not something that is um, feeling right, uh, you know, he'll ask questions. What did you mean by this? And we'll, we'll, I'll explain it and we'll get to the right place. And sometimes I'll see something and I'll say, well, this isn't feeling right. Not meaning you've got to do what I wrote, but I was trying to go for something like this. Mm. What do you think if we did it this other way? Um, and you know, one point he took what was a splash and he had broken it down into three or four big panels. And I said, that's fine. If you really want to do it that way, I trust your sensibilities, but this is why I opened it up here. I thought it actually worked better for your pacing. And so he thought about that again and he came back and decided to redo mm. that one particular sequence as a, as a splash, um, which um, uh, that's the kind of, I think back and forth you want uh, with a really creative partner in this way. Yeah. And like I said, I mentioned before, the, the art is absolutely stunning on this, in this book. It really, uh, yeah. it really feels like it just could pick up right after your run and it, it just could roll right into it. It's great. 
So I wh- felt the same way. <laughs> <laughs> I would hope so. As, uh, you know. So I'm, I'm curious with because uh, there's obviously been 25 extra years or so of Daredevil material, including or the so. Netflix series, which you got yeah. to. Uh, I, I believe we talked, and I think didn't you say you had a nice interaction with was it was it Charlie or was it uh, Vincent? You had an interview at some um, con. I, I, we got, we got, a, I got a great photo opportunity with Charlie at a Galaxy Con uh, with uh, with Ann Nascenti and uh, and Jr. Junior, John Romita Junior. We we caught him for like forty three seconds. He was so gracious. Who are those people? <laughs> oh, they worked on Daredevil, and he was on his way to a plane, so he had no time oh. at, at all to kind of talk to us. But he took a nice picture uh, with us, and uh, and then I saw Vincent D'Onofrio in a green room, and I I didn't want to bug him for a photo, but I I introduced myself and. And he was beyond gracious, you know, because he really talked about a little bit at length about how influenced he had been by the comics and and had really taken many aspects of different comics into his performance, which I, which I thought was wonderful. Yeah. Um, so, um, uh, you know, to me, the the Netflix series really captured um, it's its own thing. I look at it as its own thing in, very much in its own way. But uh, I think uh, really captured the essence of what uh, we all enjoy about Daredevil. You know, I think it was nice because they did have a lot of beats and nods that you can point to and say that was the stuff we did in our series. Like when he's, you know, he gets the armor in the end of season one where he has the full thing. He's not just in the black thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I think if that had been actually the case, I might have gotten one of those little like micro mentions at right. the end, like, you know, where they list like 50 people and they say, you know, thanks to. So they may not have looked at that. Um, it would be nice to think that they did. Um uh, but I did feel, I'll, I'll be honest, I, I did feel validated when I saw that because, again, we had taken a lot of grief for, yeah. uh, well, why would Daredevil need armor, right? Daredevil can move out of the way of anything. Daredevil can get out of the way of anything. Daredevil can sense anything coming, which I don't particularly prescribe to 100%. I think hypersenses and extraordinary uh, powers of sense, he's only human. Yeah, exactly. Up to a yeah. Point. You know, he's not, and so he's not going to be able to get out of the way of everything. And he's not going to be able to sense everything. So we we gave him that edge. And I think whoever um, was going through the thought process and the costume of the Netflix series uh, arrived at least at the same place, you know, that we were thinking. So I remember saying, uh, you know, the 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 Ga- Guardians of the Galaxy moment, you know, in Star Lord, you know, the, the guy says Star Lord. Like, Finally, you know, <laughs> you know it, it was at least that, you know, if right. nothing else. And and I think the the third season too, I feel like he had that little bit of a fall of the kingpin when you know Matt actually goes after him and kind of topples it. It wasn't quite the storyline, yeah. but it was kind of a mixture of born again and fall of the kingpin kind of meeting there in the yeah, middle. Yeah, they collapsed which I was nice. a lot of stuff together. Although right. they felt like they were kind of leading into that born again aspect at the end there, where they were really getting into the kingpin recognizing who you know, that Murdoch is Daredevil. And, and if I know this, I'm going to torture him. You, yeah. You know, that was, that seemed like that was where that was going. But um, uh, no matter what we slice it, you know, they, they, they did it right. And we have our friend Barry from Georgia also listening. Hello, Barry. Appreciate you listening uh, tonight as well as we talk to DG Chinchester about Daredevil black armor. So with all that said, with the, the Netflix series and all the new stuff, did that, 
change your sensibility at all when you're approaching this story because it's it's not anything different from what you had been writing but there's a lot of new information now to take in 20 plus years of stuff by the end of this conversation only be of 10 years have passed but as, as i keep doing the math wrong but um <laughs> did, did, that, uh, did it change anything about how you approach the character itself of matt or daredevil no, I, it, it, you know, and that sounds probably shallow, but it, it didn't, it, it, I, I couldn't let anything get in my way of, if I, if I try to kind of incorporate any of that, I think I would have vapor locked up completely and just like stop myself and second guess myself, mm. second guess myself over my own stuff, second guess myself over my past stumbles, second guess myself over, geez, what did, what did Chip Zdarsky do? What did, what did Netflix do? you know, people like this, there's a new Daredevil series going on at the same time. What are they going to be doing? You know, I, I just really couldn't let myself get in, in that way. I really just kind of approached it with a very assignment mentality. By assignment, I mean, we want to tell a great adventure story in the 90s with the black armor. Like, you know, like the meme, like, you know, you understood the assignment, right? I understood the assignment. <laughs> And, and that doesn't mean I took it, I, I didn't approach it creatively or I approached it just practically, but I think, you know, 25 years of, of working in a corporate setting, which I have, um, within advertising and marketing, it's, it's very much an assignment based business. You know, you're kind of looking at, a, 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 and I've gotten very, very, very good at, at writing under a much more disciplined approach mm. for discipline for myself. Right. And all those tools you know, came here to bear on this project, I think, in that in that way. I mean, I always looked at that work that I was doing there as a form of storytelling. I would be notorious amongst creative people that I worked with for using the word storytelling before maybe it was in vogue in that way. Like we're telling stories to people. We're telling stories to audiences. We're telling stories to clients. We're telling stories, blah, blah, blah. Dan talks about stories all the time. Shut him up. But <laughs> by continuing to focus in that way and then honing my craft over that time, I think coming into this um, and, and coming into it with a way that was, was still using all the influences I used to use. I used to read a lot and I still read a lot and I pull lots of things from all different sources. Um, but but in the old days, I think I would have tried to force those things. Look how clever I am, James. Look, I brought in, you know, this this book I read and I'm bringing in some Joseph Campbell and I'm bringing in some of this and some themes from over here. Whereas here, I just felt like these elements really naturally kind of came together um, in a way that I, I, I looked at the initial outline for this that I sent to uh, to the to the um, editorial office because I wrote it in one long afternoon um, oh, wow. the summer after I met CB and, and it was sort of like, it just started to come to me and I just wrote one line after another, after another. And I'd say about 75% of that story is, is what people are reading now. Wow. So that was, that was written in one long afternoon without all the particulars of who the characters exactly were going to be and, and incidents, but it just really started to kind of come and I let myself go with it. Um, and so it wasn't second guessing so much as feeling all right, now I've got enough material. I'm in the zone. What would it, what would, what would this kind of adventure be? And just, and let it kind of roll and, and rip along. And it did. And I, I'm, I'm wondering because obviously I've been reading comics since I was tiny kid. One of the mm -hmm. first things I remember reading was a comic book. So 
I've been through, like we talked about earlier, the Peter David new Fantastic Four with yeah. Hulk and Spider-Man. I've been through that. I know it. I was reading Daredevil during your run. I know of what happened to him, why he got the armor, and what happened with all the right, storyline, right. the fall from grace. Do you think, is there any reason why, because I always try to put myself in the mindset of someone who's never done something I do, to wonder, is this going to relate? I, I can't think of any reason why, but maybe that's just my preconceived notion. There's no reason why someone who isn't familiar with the story wouldn't enjoy this story though right well i tried i tried hard to make it work in that way i think you know there's a certain density of comics that is inescapable you know i i handed a comic to my wife and uh, my friend greg wright handed a comic to his wife you know recently when we took a, a, a short trip together and the two of them were like what is this like <laughs> Just what you want to hear from a friend. Like we're we're not our comics necessarily, although that would have been the same thing. But <laughs> you know, it's just it's just not their language, right? You know, and then I think you know they they don't really. It's not something they're used to reading. Which panel comes next? What's the order of the word balloons? That's just on the abstract level. Hmm. Then you add in you know the strangeness of people standing around in in odd costumes and they have odd odd uh, powers. You know that's another level. But I mean, I try to work very hard to. Um, to make this, uh, uh, it just, you don't need to have read any of the other stuff. You don't need to have read Fall from Grace, Tree of Knowledge, um, even Daredevil necessarily. I, I think I, I tried to set, I, I know I tried to set things up very much in as deft a way as I could. This is a story about a guy who has these powers, who lives in the city, who has this kind of stacked backstory. And which I had to acknowledge, right? It's it's Matt Murdock, the lawyer, but he's got a new persona now. But he's also blind. He has these senses and he's had this terrible adventure and he's got this costume for this reason. You have to go along with me a little bit. Sure. But I tried to kind of make it so that it's a good entry point, I think, for people who might want to try it out, might be intrigued by some of the covers, might be intrigued by some interviews like this or maybe some other buzz that's going on in a comic book store. And want to lean into it and not feel like, oh, my God, I got to go track down these other issues. In fact, I'd rather they avoid those other issues, <laughs> honestly, and stick with this, you know, and just focus on this this series, which I think, again, creates a, a pretty good rhythm uh, of its own thing. Well, um, for my and, money, and, they're and, missing out on some good stories if they do decide to pass on the previous stuff. That's just me, though. <laughs> We've talked about this before. I, I like the older stuff. I like the uh, the stuff that you guys did back then. So if, you, if you're listening, kids, well, I say vote for going back and doing it. But obviously, Dan, maybe not so much. We'll, <laughs> <laughs> well, not to avoid it completely. I don't want to take, you know, sales out of my, my pocket, such as it were. But I just think I think those are much denser stories, hmm. you, you know, and they're and they're and they are they're even more a thing of their time. And they're a thing definitely of continuity. Yeah. This is written as. I'm writing a four issue story and I'm trying to kind of, you know, elegantly bring people in as much as possible and take them through it and then leave them in a good place at the end that they never want to pick up another one of my stories or even another Daredevil story that they've hopefully gotten a good, a, a good uh, bang for the buck. And we just had a text. Our friend from the Nostalgic Pod Blast uh, just said, that's why I love Marvel characters. The heroes often have major flaws like Tony Stark being an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, Daredevil with his multiple times he's had different, you know, his his has gone just like this. He's dating a porn star one he's, minute, he, then his house is blown up the next minute. So talk about a, your troubles. A, yeah, he's full of he's full of self-doubt. He's full of arrogance. He's full of risk taking. He's a horn dog. He's he's a little bit of everything. So. <laughs> 
Um, you know, <laughs> it's got a lot of stuff stacked. Well, let me ask you a question if we have a sure. moment before a commercial break. So, like, you've read this semi-fresh eyes, and I'm not, I'm, like, what what is your impression of it? Like, uh, stacked up against other things and sort of just a, up against anything else? I like it because, again, it, it, it um, just in the same vein as I, I kind of like the other things that have kind of, this is a story we didn't tell before, and mm. the same thing with what's going on. It, I'm, I'm familiar with the the universe that you're playing in, you know, that whole right. stuff that was going on then, and I love Netho's art. I think that's great. I'm a sucker for variant covers, so you got me there, unfortunately. Yep. Uh, but, but the story itself, I didn't, now that you're saying it, and I hadn't paid attention to it until you mentioned it, you do have a a different style of storytelling. It's, it's, uh, it's, I want to again. This is not me knocking your previous work at all. It's a smoother, just a very. It was a quick read, honestly. Mm-hmm. And some comics today, you have to kind of plod through and be like, "Oh, it's a lot of stuff." And then you're reading and mm-hmm. reading, and sometimes the words take away from the art, or vice versa. Some comics are very <laughs> art heavy, and then you're so focused on the art, you have to go back and reread the word bubbles. And mm-hmm. I think this was just such a perfect synergy of art and words. And I'm not just saying this because I'm talking to you. I read it and I was like, man, that I, I wish the second issue was out now so I could go get it. And that's one of the things I sometimes do is I'll get the whole series before I yeah, read sure. it for that reason. But sure. I knew I had you sure. on and I had to read it. So I did. And I'll go you back and read it. had to read it we're going to talk, right? Yes. Um, but yeah, it's, no, I, it's so I, good. I, I appreciate that. And that's that's exactly what I was going for. I mean, that was that was the the, the feeling I wanted to you know to evoke. I, I, I had a laugh to myself thinking I should write a page of this like I would have used to have written it. Just to see how terrible it would be. But, uh, <laughs> Everyone's their own worst critic. Sure, sure, certainly oh, you're uh, being a little self-effacing. I, 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 but you know, but I think that's it. I think that's, um, I mean, uh, you know, certainly I, I over-indexed on the Google, like, you know, reviews and stuff. But I did like somebody saying it's a more, he's obviously matured as a writer because uh, I would hope so. <laughs> after 25 or 30 years, if I didn't. Yeah, that's why I wonder. Sometimes I don't even want to look at reviews of my of my radio show. I'm like, ah, I think I just like my, living in my bubble. We'll see how it goes. Um, we are going to take a very quick commercial break. You're okay to stick with me through the end, right? Yes, of course. I'm here. Okay, perfect. We are going to take a very brief commercial break. Then we're going to come right back. We'll finish talking with Dan Chichester about Daredevil Black Armor. I'll ask him about Axel's Infernal because his successful Kickstarter ended a while ago. We'll get an update on that for those of you who I talk to on the show to have help back it we'll see what's going on with that and whatever else we get into who knows you're listening to geek to me radio on the big 550 ktrs please stand by hi this is alan burnett producer writer for batman the animated series and batman beyond and welcome back to geek to me radio heard here every Sunday night on the Big 550. I'm your host, James Enstall. I want to make sure we tell you about our official comic book sponsor, and that, of course, Bugs Comics and Games. If you're anywhere in the greater St. Louis, St. Charles area, he's located in O'Fallon, Missouri, right off of Bryan Road. You can easily access from either Highway 70 or from 364. You'll find him on Bryan Road there. Go check him out. Uh, just had a great time out at his store for New Comic Book Day, as I always do. Heading out there to pick up the new titles. Um, maybe you were listening right now and you're like, oh, I didn't know they were doing a brand new Daredevil series and you want to go get it. 
Head out to Larry at Bugs Comics and Games. Tell him that, hey, I want the new Daredevil Black series. And you know what? Put future issues on my pull list. Here's the cool thing about Bugs Comics and Games. If you start a pull list, if you're going in there and you're buying your comics weekly, you can start saving money. Tell him you want to join the Avengers Club. You start saving money on your new issues, back issues, your toys, your games, your bags, your boards, your Pokemon cards. You'll start saving money. And in this economy... Let's save money where we can. Am I right? Uh, do it and without sacrificing your hobby. So, and I highly recommend putting the Daredevil black armor on your pull list while you're there. He'll probably have some issues number one left, and then you can get number two, number three, and as it keeps going out. All the other good stuff that's out there, there's a lot of great comic books to be read. I know people are excited because they've got the superhero movies are out. Aquaman 2 is right around the corner here going to come out. Maybe you want to go get some Aquaman back issues so you kind of know what you're talking about or seem to know like you're, what you're talking about, like I sometimes seem to do. But if you want to get comic books, Larry is ready as your personal comic concierge. If you're not in the greater St. Louis, St. Charles area, guess what? He's got a Facebook page, facebook.com slash Bugs Comics and Games, and he's on Instagram. He just put up a bunch of books, including the first appearance of Blade on Instagram. Are you kidding me? So if your local comic book store went out of business, if you don't have a local comic book store anymore, he can be your local comic book store online. Check him out on Instagram, Bugs Comics A-N-D Games. Follow him there, and uh, you can check out the stuff he's putting up for sale. And of course, if you're in the greater St. Louis, St. Charles area, check him out, his brick-and-mortar store, Bugs Comics and Games. Very proud to have him as the official comic book sponsor here on geek to me radio we've just got a few minutes left i cannot believe this hour has flown by so quick and by the way um larry did send a comment saying that the daredevil book black armor is a very good book and he doesn't usually read daredevil so i think that's high praise as well and if you're and thank you larry and if you're going to see larry um uh, there is a second printing of the first issue of daredevil black armor that is uh coming out early january i want to say i want to say january 17th i think around there so that's the first issue they're doing a second printing of it so uh, if it's out of print and it's not available there will be a second printing of that first issue uh, around about there very cool it's always a good sign i think when a book goes into second printing obviously I, I, I think so but you know we yeah. hope that means something there we go um, I want to ask you about, we've just got three or four minutes left. The hour's flowing. I know. By, I can't I believe ask, where'd the hour go. That's I know. So. I don't understand. I always, it, I need a second hour. So I'm going to have, could you have a talk with management for me? You're much more persuasive yeah. than I am. <laughs> Extend this show. People. Right. Come on. I, I did want to ask you about the Kickstarter. Congratulations on uh, successfully Thank putting you. Axel's Infernal. And I wanted to Thank see you. if there are any updates for the people like me who back Thank it. I know you. we had some Thank listeners you. back it as well. Yeah, thank you. And thank you. You were instrumental in making that happen. Uh, Axel's Infernal is a supernatural grindhouse uh, uh, truckers uh, to and from hell uh, sort of story that we, we we started off on Kickstarter and did get funded uh, back in uh, mid-November about. So um, Carl Waller and I have been working uh, uh, to pull it together. So um, uh, we just actually got proofs back from the printer uh, the other day. Uh, there were some minor imperfections, which they're going to work to correct. I'm actually going to push out um, uh, an update about that probably uh, tomorrow or Tuesday just to sort of show folks. Here's Carl unboxing it to show it's real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all the mini prints that we're going to uh, 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 put out, uh, both the ones that people ordered and then everybody who, who ordered a print version of the book gets a mini print that was one of our stretch goals, although I may have used the term stretch goal incorrectly, but everyone's going to get a Dean Cotts mini print. Those are all printed up. Um, 
And then we promised uh, in that same uh, misnomered stretch goal that I would do a dramatic reading of uh, issue one script. Uh, so uh, we're looking to schedule that uh, probably um, uh, right before the end of the year, I think. So um, some um, holiday beverages will be involved there and it will get worse and worse as the evening progresses <laughs> or better and better, perhaps. But it's all coming together really well. The proof, aside from those slight um, uh, imperfections, you know, there were just like some overprinting issues that are easily fixed. Uh, the book looks great. And I think people are going to be very, very uh, pleased with it. I know I know we are. Good, good, good. Glad to hear. Um, we just got about a minute and a half left. Is there anything else you wanted to update people? Let everyone know uh, anything else that they can watch for you doing? Or No, I mean, keep an eye on this Daredevil series. I'd ask people to, to check it out if this has intrigued you at all. Uh, go to your store. You know, Keep an eye out for it. As we said, the second issue is out in just a couple of weeks. Uh, December 20th is issue two, and we just keep turning the dial up on this. So uh, every issue gets progressively a little bit more uh, insane in the best of ways. Uh, and um, I think uh, I think there's just, just a, a really great vibe to it. And uh, I'd love uh, for people to check it out and let me know what you think. You know, hit me up on Instagram. You know, certainly uh, that's a great place to find me. Uh, Twitter, perhaps, but um, but uh, Instagram, I know I'll be there no matter what Twitter turns into. Yeah, it's just, it's just DG Chichester on all platforms. Just Thread, DG Chichester. Instagram, everything. Yep, yep. I grabbed them. I grabbed all those early Good. on. So yes. Very smart. And, of course, I also recommend if you go to uh, his website, he's got a great email that he puts out all about storytelling and things like that, too. So you check out Into the Story Maze, uh, his, his newsletter that he puts out from his email. So go subscribe to that. I think it's a great thing. Thank you, so. James, for that. And thank you for uh, having me back on. This has uh, uh, really been a privilege. Good yeah, no, I always enjoy talking to you. And if I if I don't talk to you before, then for whatever reason, I'm sure I'll see you at Terrificon. Yeah, there's that. That's a ways off. It's in August this year. I know. It's, it's, oh, that's uh, right. He, he did push it back, he, didn't he? He pushed it back because of um, uh, New York Comic Con, I think. So oh, okay. It's a ways gotcha. off. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I assume we'll talk between now and then, though. But just I hope so. so. I hope so. Yes. yes. And congratulations on the series. It's been just gangbusters. And uh, I can't wait to get my hands on issue two and all the variant covers. <laughs> all right. Yeah, exactly. There are quite a few. There's like four variant covers for wow, the second see, issue, which kill me. they must be, they must really be putting something behind it. So when my wife asked me why I need a mortgage, second mortgage on the house, I'm sending her your way to talk to you. About it's the this. Covers. Yeah. It's uh, just hold up the silver one and say, look how good you look in that, in that, you know, right. like, his mom's getting them. Come on. I had to get the silver one. Exactly. On. I have to. Right. There you go. <laughs> But thank you again for your time on a Sunday night. I always appreciate talking to you and getting your insights, and uh, hopefully we can do it again soon. My pleasure. Be good. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Take thank care. You. Take care. There he goes. All right. DG Chichester. Please make sure to check out Daredevil uh, Black Armor. It's a great series. Like I said, Larry's not even a dear, uh, Daredevil reader, and he is loving it. Um, that's going to wrap it up. We've got uh, another show in the books here. Next week, we've got voice actor Amber Jones, talking about some of her stuff that she's been doing. And we are going to air an interview that I have as well with uh, Nick Zeno and Steph uh, uh, Shelley Henning from the new Netflix series, Obliterated. We will talk about uh, that show as well. And again, more comic book stuff coming before the end of the year. We've got a pre-recorded show on Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve with new guests you've not heard before. So stick around, please subscribe. And of course...
Legend, good night. Hey kids, are your parents about to buy you a shiny new toy from Amazon? Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? Well, don't be selfish. Share some of that money with us. Before going on Amazon, make sure to type in bit.ly slash geek2me in the web browser. It will look just like Amazon.com, except it'll say referral geek2me radio up top. And then when you check out, a tiny percentage will go to support the show without costing you one cent more. So before your parents get you that gizmo, gadget, or widget, make sure they type in bit.ly slash geek2me in the web browser. Bit.ly slash geek to me. Bit.ly slash geek to me.